The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a Wisdom Wednesday. And it's, of course, presented by DraftKings. Love DraftKings. Love the Fantasy Feast podcast. We're talking running backs today with Brett Whitefield. So if you want to know, either for fantasy purposes or for your team, about the top six, seven running backs for the draft, check out today's Fantasy Feast podcast. Today, the wisdom is coming from Dr. David Chow. I feel like it's a competitive advantage for our show. For betting, like on the Even Money podcast, where, by the way, Steve and I went over the season win totals for every team on the Even Money podcast yesterday. So you're going to want to listen to yesterday's Even Money podcast or watch it, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and see what our first initial impression is on your team post-free agency before the draft, which is essentially where we are at at this point. I think you'll enjoy it. Make sure that you check that out, yesterday's Even Money podcast. Today, we're just getting the big news on all the big injury news from Dr. Chow at Pro Football Doc. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, I am here with the mastermind behind SportsIntryCentral.com. We've had him a bunch of times on the Even Money betting podcast. We've had him here on the Ross Tucker football podcast before long-time team orthopedic surgeon for the San Diego Chargers, never the L.A. Chargers, right? Correct. You you didn't move with the team. (laughs) I still have all my gear that says San Diego Chargers. The just Charger gear I got rid of, but anything that says San Diego, I still have. That is awesome. You need to check him out on social media like I do, at ProFootballDoc. You can also check out SickScore.com. Huge fan of that website. Huge fan of the information that Dr. Chow provides because injuries are a big part of this thing, Dr. Chow. And we've got some quarterback news that we need to talk about, whether it's Brock Purdy or Kyler Murray. Let's start with Brock Purdy. Now, um, in the interest of full disclosure, you and I are recording this 
in person together at Radio Row at the Super Bowl. So we don't actually know, correct me if I'm wrong, which surgery option Purdy's choosing. So by the time this is posted, we will know that. It's my understanding he's got two different options. Is that correct? Explain to me the deal with Purdy. You always get it, Ross. It's always great to be in person. You know right? why? You know I mean, why? You know why? I don't even need to have you on my show because I read your stuff. <laughs> I read your tweets and I read SportsInjuryCentral.com, SixScore.com. So I already know some of these answers, but I, I need you to explain it better. Okay. My opinion, and our opinion at Sports Injury Central, is that there is quite a quarterback conundrum for the 49ers. Why? The healthiest quarterback right now is Jimmy G. He's good to go from his foot fracture. The next healthiest is Trey Lance, who maybe in a month or six weeks will return from the ankle, but maybe not be 100%. And Brock Purdy, with the pending elbow surgery, is last. But in terms of desire, they want Purdy first, Lance second, and they don't really want Jimmy G, despite what Joe Montana says. So the deal with Brock Purdy is this. As of this recording... He hasn't even decided to have surgery, much less which surgery. We all think surgery is coming. And in-game, we said that was an ulnar collateral ligament injury, an injury to the Tommy John ligament. So what some people have said is that's not going to be Tommy John surgery and a six-month recovery. They're splitting hairs. Traditional Tommy John surgery, baseball players is a reconstruction with a graft. And yes, that's 12, 18 months plus. This, they're hoping for a repair which without a graft, which could speed the recovery timeline. But it's still Tommy John surgery. It's just not Tommy John reconstruction. There is no guarantee of a six-month return. Nick Mullins had this similar surgery and hadn't done so well. So Here's the conundrum for the 49ers. They're loaded to win the Super Bowl. The quarterback position due to injuries failed them this year. Are they willing? And I love John Lynch. He's San Diego and he's all famer and he's a smart guy. But he's got to be thinking, what are my contingency plans? What if? How can you project a six-month return to play timeline without even having the surgery where the six months hasn't even started yet. Maybe after the surgery, you can have It's already some February surgery. as we're talking here. Yeah. So, okay, I, okay I, I, you know I like to fire off questions at you. Yeah. Does, he has to have surgery, right? Like, there's no, there's no way you can, you can just rehab this, right? I haven't examined him, but if it is a complete ulnar collateral ligament tear, yes, he will have to have surgery. Josh Allen earlier this year had a partial and played through it and did not have surgery. Assuming it's a complete tear, yes, surgery is the deal. The question is what kind of surgery and what recovery timeline. Okay, and what would you advise? I know you haven't you haven't examined him, but what would you tell him about his options? Well, the th- the reason why baseball players have reconstruction surgery is Typically, the ulnar collateral ligament or the Tommy John ligament gets attenuated or frayed, okay? So we're both wearing jeans here. It's the classic, the denim turns white, and now you have a hole. So now you need a patch or whatever. Nowadays, the cool kids with the holes and whatever, but the fabric isn't good, so you need something else. If this is just an acute tear where there was no underlying 
attenuation tendonitis and the fabric of the ulnar collateral ligament is still good like you ripped your blue jeans on barbed wire then just sewing it or repairing it will work which is a quicker recovery timeline so it requires MRI sometimes it requires decision at the time of surgery which is why I'm saying I'm not saying it's impossible for him to be ready at six months but it's not a guarantee and can the 49ers really afford to go into next season without a surety of health at quarterback. Trey Lance isn't assured to be 100%. Maybe he's 85 or 90 on the ankle, but he's a young guy who's still a little unproven. And the other thing to factor in, Brock Purdy's still a young guy. Does it hinder his development to not have any offseason program and be ready to go week one? He's not Tom Brady. I'm not saying the 49ers are going to trade for Tom Brady or get Aaron Rodgers, but... All right, some questions. Are you surprised that the torn UCL doesn't happen more often? Quarterbacks' arms get hit all the time when they're like that. Are you surprised that that doesn't happen more often? I feel like I haven't heard about this in years, and yet you have Josh Allen, and now you have Purdy, which when it happened, I thought, okay, we see it all the time. You know, I was wondering whether it was a forward pass or not. The next thing I know, Josh Johnson's out there. Yeah, and it does happen, but it's bad luck, right, in the right moment. And basically, Purdy, to do his credit, wasn't worried about what's coming. He was focused downfield and full effort throw, and so there's some bad luck there. But it does happen. Now, what he has going for him, because I don't want to be completely negative, is that a pitcher, we often compare to pitchers, right? Off a mound is different, and a starting pitcher, if he throws 100 pitches in an outing, he probably throws 150 near-maxed effort throws between warm-up and what have you. Right. Whereas a quarterback, if you throw 40 times in a game, and I will quote Todd Haley on this, he told me, I said, I asked him the question when he was interviewing me on Sirius. I said, 40 throws for a quarterback, how many are full or near-max effort throws? He said four to six. Okay. So it is a little easier to return from Tommy John-like surgery. Big Ben did it in his final year. So it's not unheard of. There's just a lot of attention on this one, uh, given the timing in the, in the playoffs. How, how impressed or surprised are you that he was even able to throw those two screens if it was completely torn? Uh, not surprised because they were two screens. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, look, uh, I, I might have been able to do that left-handed. I mean, they were not <laughs> exactly, uh, you know, and, and pretty clearly, like I was in a big room of people watching the game and, uh, I said, yeah, Brock Purdy's done. He's not coming back. Take the 11 and a half in game. And when he came back on third and 14 for Josh Johnson, the whole room gave me grief. And I was like, well, let's see what he does. He handed off to McCaffrey on third and 14. I mean, that told you all you needed to know. Um, I forget Trey Lance's um, injury, and, and how, how healthy do you think he'll be? Ankle fracture dislocation. And here's the thing. He's obviously a mobile quarterback. That's part of his game. And he's said to be able to return to OTAs in a month. But you know the start of OTAs is just a ramp-up. That's not to say he's 100% in a month. And how healthy will he be? I mean, it happened week one, right? It's an ankle fracture dislocation. It was a Dak Prescott-like injury. And we remember Dak Prescott, when he finally came back in training camp, injured his lat shoulder because he wasn't fully able to step into throws. Dak was a little later in the season, not week one. But we don't know. He's not 100% yet. He's not cleared yet. In a month, he'll start to ramp up, and we'll see. All I'm saying is I'm not saying Trey Lance won't be healthy. I'm not saying uh, Brock Purdy won't be healthy. I'm saying there's got to be a lot of head-scratching and worrying in, in 49er world. Is there a concern about Trey Lance's mobility? 
I think he will be mobile. The question is, will he be 100% Trey Lance or will he be 90%, you know, depending on his mobility? Um, big difference. Big difference between those two. Um, let me get to a couple other guys I wanted to ask you about, one of which is Kyler Murray. Now, what is the deal with, the, with this report that he supposedly might miss all of next year? What, what is the deal with that? Like, I, I was stunned when I saw that. Well, first of all, you know the saying in football, right? Never too high, never too low, right? And that's what we react to with injuries. When people said, oh, it was just an ACL, we said, no, no, it's more than an ACL, ACL, MCL, and now the reports of meniscus repair too. We said from the beginning it was likely that he would not be ready and certainly not 100% at the beginning of the season given the style of play that he has. As far as not ready at all, uh, look, it's I would 100% sign on to the idea that there's no way Kyler Murray will be 100% next season. He, by the end of the season, he, if things go his way, he can be in the 90s. His next season will be better. I'm not co-signing on that he won't play, period. Now, of course, playing or not is his choice, and if he feels like he's not ready and he's 85% and he's not mobile and can't protect himself, maybe it comes to that. I do co-sign that he won't be 100% all of next season. It's when will he be ready to play. I would anticipate that he will at some point next season, but may not be the dynamic Kyler Murray that we knew before until the following season. Is there a scenario or a situation where maybe he can't play at all next year? I don't know where that came from, but that had to come from somewhere that do we know the extent of the injury? Were there maybe other ligaments? Is there something that could be bad enough that he really can't play next year? Well, first of all, if you're looking for someone to be 90 or 95 percent, he won't get there next year. And if that's the criteria for him to return, it's possible. It's an ACL. We thought MCL from the get-go. There's reports of a meniscus surgery and repair as well, which could elongate the timeline. I haven't examined him. Uh, I'm not saying the sky's falling and there's no way he's playing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's no way he's 100 percent next year. The feeling is that he would play. But it's hard to judge that. Look, we said from the get-go on... Uh, on uh, Lamar Jackson in game. That's a PCL. He's not returning to play, but I fully expected him to play late season and certainly in the playoff game, even though he wasn't hundred percent. And in the end he didn't play. So there's other factors, you know, was that contract for Kyler? I don't know now that he's got his contract and the front end is kind of guaranteed. Is there a rush for him? And I'm not saying that he's being soft or taking the money and running, but you may be more, look, uh, if I'm really only 80 or 85%, I want to protect myself. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, and maybe I'm not that dynamic, and I'm not the best choice. So I'm not hating on him if he chooses that route. There's a lot of unknowns right now. So we know that the contract issue is a big one. Is there any aspect of Lamar Jackson's injury or even just the injury the last couple years, that if they said to you, hey, Doc, we're, we're, this, guy want, this kid wants a fully guaranteed deal. We're talking about $150 million fully guaranteed. Do you think we should just franchise tag him and, and let it play out one more year and see if he can stay healthy? Are you ever, as a team doctor, in those conversations? Because before they give him that much guaranteed money, 
I think they want to have some idea of just how healthy he's going to be able to be during the length of that contract. I have been involved in some of those discussions, not with Lamar, obviously, but with other players, with the Chargers, et cetera. And I think that's kind of what gives me a little bit of a unique advantage, right, uh, of, quote, having been in the room when it happened, the quote, <laughs> Hamilton, yeah, the yeah, kids yeah. love that stuff. You know, uh, I didn't write the Declaration of Independence, but, you know. I love, the, I love that. I love that play. Yeah. So my point is, let's see how well-rounded I am. No, that's the kids. <laughs> but, no, the, the deal is, yes, those come into play. Now, to be fair to Lamar, the team probably didn't do him any favors this year or last year. Remember last year we said he's not returning to play with that ankle bone bruise. This year we said it's going to be at least three, four weeks with that PCL. But you had the weekly press conferences. Well, maybe this week. Oh, yeah, he's ruled out. Maybe this week. And and that kind of makes the player look bad, to be be fair. Right? And that's why when I run into players here, former players that I've commented on, I'm always worried, like, oh, were you mad at what I said about your injury? And universally players say, no, I'm glad because I couldn't say it. That you helped me. Well, I'm so glad you said that because – the teams tell you you're not allowed to say anything about it, okay? But then I remember I had a guy, uh, 2004, Trey Teague was our starting center, and he fractured his kneecap, which I think was a four-week injury. Does that sound about right? That would be quick. You know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever he did, right? And the first couple weeks, they would list him as questionable, and the media would come around, and after, and he knew he was out. At least, we might have had to buy, so it might have been five weeks or whatever. He knew he was out for a while, and he finally went to the coach and said, if you don't tell him, I'm going to. Because he felt it made him look really soft when he's at his locker, and they're like, are you going to be able to go this week? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to see. You know, you do that for a month, the fans and people start to think that you should be out there. You've been questionable, and you've been you've – been, Maybe or maybe not for a month. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So last Super Bowl the Chiefs were in, you know, I ended up going to the hotel and I sat down with Mitchell Schwartz, right? Uh, right tackle. Yeah. And, and, and I sat down and introduced myself. And, and I'm friendly with his brother who does yeah, great yeah. media stuff, Jeff. And he goes, I know who you are. I'm like, oh. I'm like, uh-oh. And I said, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll get up and leave. He goes, no, no. He goes, and he said, I actually like what you do because fans were getting on me of what's up with my injury and why I wasn't playing. And, and I couldn't say anything, yet you were basically telling the truth but defending me. Because, right. Yeah, and so getting out there. So that's what we do. We do injury analysis, not injury reporting. The teams report, and they have their reasons, their questionables, and whatever. So back to Lamar. Here's my thing with Lamar, and here's what I said. I defended Lamar. I got a lot of phone calls from Ravens beat reports. What do you think? He's missed two weeks with that knee. Why isn't he back? No, no, no. I got you covered, Lamar. That's a real injury. And even weeks, the final game of the season, I like, Lamar, I got you covered. Because, you know, are you going to try and win a game just to win a home field coin flip? But I said, if he doesn't play in the playoffs. Now, I never said that he was 100%. Don't get me wrong there. I'm never saying that his knee was 100%. But I said if he doesn't try to play in the playoffs, I think it's then fair to ask the question, how much does the contract play into it? Fair to ask the question. He didn't play. He didn't travel. Look, he could have at least thrown from the pocket. I get it. Lamar's not a pocket guy, etc. So that's why I think the questions now are fair. What role did not having a contract play? Now, you're saying what about the guarantee? Look, Mobile running quarterbacks always get injured more. In terms of 
tagging him and this, that, the other. But that's why there aren't guaranteed deals, right? Now we're talking about Kyler Murray, is he going to play, and he's got a deal, you know, right? I mean, and we're creeping up to more guaranteed deals, but that's why they don't happen because of injury potential to anyone in the NFL. Great point. Um, speaking of that, I think we might have talked about this a little bit the last time you were on. Matthew Stafford. It's been reported he has a bruised spinal cord. Now, when I bruised my spinal cord, they would not have let me play again unless I had a, a neck surgery because something caused the spinal cord to be bruised and they got to fix it. Well, so they're saying that Stafford has a bruised spinal cord. He's saying he's not retiring. He's saying he's playing. But they're also now I've seen reports that he's not having the surgery. So is it possible to have a bruised spinal cord in your neck and come back and play football just from rehab and not have surgery? Okay. I'm a thousand percent with you. This is why I did not know you had a bruised spinal cord. Yeah. C5, C6. Yeah. And then they did the fingers and toes, and it was, was it spinatus or clonus or something they called it? Yeah. I forget what they called it. There's different types of bruises in the spinal cord and so forth, so they're not all the same. But you don't want to mess around with that. No. Right? And so we've had it with the Chargers, and yes, players have had surgery before they return. That's why I've opined openly that Matthew Stafford is either going to retire and if he retires, he doesn't need the surgery. Right. Like, I didn't get it. Right. I retired. But if you play, you should have the surgery to protect you. Now, I haven't examined Matthew Because Stafford. you don't want the disc to hit the spinal cord again. again. And, and then... And you have a fusion, right? And you have a fusion at yep. that level. And you play through with a fusion, no problem. I've had a cervical fusion. I've never played football. <laughs> but, uh, so it can't happen. It is interesting, by the way, that they won't let you play after a back fusion, but they would let you play after a neck fusion. Single level, Yes. Two-level neck, usually no. Back fusion, no, because remember, the motion segments are different. And it's, there's Interesting. Te- technical issues. And, and honestly, with a back fusion, I think it's very hard to play football. You lose your mobility. Right, right, right. Whereas right. the neck, you still have most of it because, and not to get technical, but most of your mobility in your neck is in the upper segments. So if it's a lower segment, you're okay. But I'm of the opinion from the outside, and I'm not on the inside, that Matthew Stafford, in theory, you're right. That's the path. Maybe there's something I don't know. Because here's the thing. You can't mess around the spinal cord. If there's a 1% chance of paralysis or permanent damage, don't you need to have the surgery? I mean, this is the spinal cord. You can't mess around with that. But I don't know. Maybe it was a different kind of spinal cord bruise or different thing. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we always try and spread what I say is insider knowledge about the injuries, but it's not inside information. So we haven't spoken to Matthew Stafford or his wife. Or Look, I could call Reggie Scott uh, on the Rams, head athletic trainer or the head team physician, but they're not going to tell me because of HEPA. And so I don't go that insider information route right. ever. Um, last one I wanted to ask you about, Michael Gallup. And this is something that really bothers me and I like to talk about. He didn't have a very good year. Now, he tore his ACL the year before, right? Didn't have a very good year. We find out after the season, Dr. John, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. This is your job. If you, but he got surgery on his ankle and his knee. So what does that tell you, number one? And I always say, and you know the truth, if you're inside the white lines, 
You're saying you're healthy enough to play, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, were you there when Cromartie played with, like, a messed up hip in, yeah. in San Diego yeah. for a whole year? Like, and, and he wasn't as good that year. Yeah. But nobody cares, right? Um, what do you think's going on there? So I guess the first thing would be commenting on, you know, there is no excuse but sometimes it can be the reason. It's why you guys have six scores. It's why you guys give people a score. Okay, so for that, first of all, we started the year saying under on Michael Gallup futures props because we didn't see him being completely healthy from that late of an ACL. Now he's had off-season surgery. My second point is, first of all, it is the other side, but there is compensation and involved. And there, as you know, Ross, there are three to five times more surgeries at the end of the season than in season. I mean, Lane Johnson's going to have surgery after he plays in the Super Bowl, right? And so that's what happens. That's the norm. But to circle back, to be fair, because you say if you're inside the white lines, you're good, that may have factored into what Lamar Jackson was saying. Look, if I'm inside the white lines, I'm considered good and no excuses, but really my knee isn't there, so I'm not going to do it. And that's just the counterpoint of being fair to Lamar or potentially Kyler if he's not returning early or, or a prolonged absence next year. You're right. Once you're inside the white lines, you're deemed healthy and you better produce. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And honestly, they shouldn't because you know what? Most people are dealing with something. Most people have something bothering them. And, and that's a defense of circling back to a Lamar conversation. Maybe he's like, he felt like I really couldn't do it. I'm going to look bad. And once I'm in the white lines, I'm putting myself at risk and going to cost myself money that I can't do it. And I'm really not healthy. But, you know, of course, I would like him to try and then have the team say no. But I don't know. I don't know the dynamics of yeah. what happened. Um, the last thing about Gallup is when you see the ankle and knee surgeries, what does that probably mean? And how concerning is that for next year? Because the Cowboys need more production from the number two wide receiver. Well, right now we only have reports of the ankle and the knee and what it was done. And based on the recovery timeline from the ACL, I'll give you the early hint. There's clearly no futures props or anything up yet. But we're probably going to go over that this is a rebound year for Michael Gallup, assuming we don't Why go. does him getting ankle and knee surgeries make you want to go over? I would think that you'd be, what is he, loose bodies or scar tissue? Or? We need to do more investigation the specific type of surgery. I but, thought they said he was scoped. Just if that, I don't scope, know if that makes a difference. There's different types yeah, of yeah, scopes. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just meant not like some big invasive Right, and so hopefully it's an oil lube and tune-up to his knee and ankle, and the quote, car engine runs better, and his ACL will be one year better. I mean, look at Saquon this year. People were ready to write him off after last year, and last year I said, yeah, that's going to be a down year for Saquon. And he got the high ankle, he wasn't 100% on the knee, and this year he had a, had a super good year, and it's his second year back. We might expect the same for Gallup. Love that info from Dr. Chow almost as much as I love Labatt Blue Light with friends. Live life to the power of we. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights. You getting out there this week to go golfing? Do it. You're on spring break like me? Do it. Always enjoy responsibly, of course, beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York. Tuck Stakes. NFL clubs table the ability to flex the Thursday night games, but they, however, will allow teams to play two Thursday night football games in a season. So this is important. And, you know, maybe this is something I'll, I'll tweet out um, because, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that don't listen or watch the Ross Tucker football podcast. Can you imagine, I mean, the void that they must feel on a daily basis. Um, but honestly, Jack, everybody's railing against this. You can't flex Thursday night games. That's horrible for the fans, which is true, of course. Season ticket holders, that would be a raw deal. Let's be honest, though. Jack, the TV partners and the TV audience is way bigger than the season ticket holders. And the NFL realized and decided a long time ago that the priority was television. And people come across, oh, two Thursday night games, that's not good for player safety. And, you know, NFL's greedy. I feel like people lose sight of the fact the players get almost 50 cents on every dollar. Almost 50%. The players should be every bit as incentivized to do what it takes to make the TV partners happy, like Amazon on Thursday nights, so that when the bidding comes up again, they're bidding against Apple and YouTube or whoever, and the rates go even higher so that the players get more money. Like, what are we talking about? Is it ideal? No. We we passed ideal in terms of competitive advantage stuff years ago. This whole thing's about the money. Like, they're doing this for the money. The owners are. The players are. So I just think it's disingenuous when people want these huge contracts, but then they don't want to play on Thursday night or they don't want to do this. Like, it... You know how much money they get from Amazon for Thursday Night Football? Are you kidding me? So, to this point, they've asked every guy to play one Thursday night game. And the amount of money that that injects into the system, I just, I don't understand why people don't ever make that point when we talk about that. It's always, oh, the NFL is greedy. The NFL gives up 50% of every dollar to the players. So, it's for the players, too. In fact, I feel strong enough about this that this is going to be my Labatt take of the day. Presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine. I don't say that enough. I only say it once a week now. Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Got some shout-outs to give out like we do every day. Myfrontpagestory.com. Engage Maverick, engage. Mother's Day is almost here. Best Mother's Day gift ever. What else are you going to get your mom? Or what else are you going to get your wife for Mother's Day? Why not get them the gift that keeps on giving that they'll hang up in the house forever? And you can say, my boy Ross told me to do this, RTFP10. If they don't like it, blame it on me. I'm guaranteeing they'll like it. I'm almost guaranteeing that they'll cry. 
Other shout-outs, backofficeschedule.com, Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing. We got the running backs on the Fantasy Feast. We had the NFL season win totals on Even Money Podcast. And we did the mock draft on College Draft. You guys have plenty of other stuff to listen or watch over the next couple of days. We got GC, Greg Cosell tomorrow talking O-line. Love it. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.